Listener Production. From geek cups to sippy cups, these boys fill them all. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Matt, you're after making a little quick buck. Are you going to be joining the lawsuit, the class action? What? How? Where do I sign up? Well, and wait, what am I? Who, who am I suing? You were suing OpenAI, who are the company who make ChatGPT, because a California-based law firm is launching a class action accusing them of massively violating the copyrights and privacy of countless people when it data scraped the entire internet to create <laughs> ChatGPT, to get knowledge from everywhere to create it as an entity. So it's suing ChatGPT for everything. Saying it's violated everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, we've all put stuff on the internet. We should we all get a piece of this pie. Imagine if you say to ChatGPT, it's like, what is a really good phrase to say at the end of a tough work day? And ChatGPT goes, pack her up, boys. Maybe. It could. Feasibly, it could. What if you went to ChatGPT and said, what would be the most likely way for me to win a lawsuit in which I sued ChatGPT makers OpenAI? Wow. I wonder if it could build your case for you. Chat against itself. Or with, Stop yeah. hitting yourself. Let's... Stop hitting yourself, ChatGPT. <laughs> I, I did see someone put in a, like, what would be your defense if you're getting sued for this? And it came up with some quite reasonable reactions, which is like, it's a public domain. It doesn't just scrape the knowledge. It interprets it and uses it as everyone does with everything out in, in the open and information. Oh, whatever. So I think people are going to think this lawsuit's going to struggle to get up. Nah, you know what we need to do? We need to strike, just like the the writers oh, are doing. All of humanity it. to strike and stop putting information on the internet. Exactly. Let's see how long OpenAI lasts then. <laughs> I will be chatting about a bit of a strike uh, later today because there's more news coming out of Hollywood regarding the Writers Guild of America going on strike. I've also got a question for you and the team. We're doing some mind blown. It should be fun. Stick with us. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, there's been a lot of news unfolding in Hollywood over the last Oh, seven or so weeks now. I actually love this because you've checked in about it a couple of times. I have no idea what's going on, but the writer's strike in America, this is this is great because All Day Breakfast is the one place I keep up with this news. Yeah, well, it's been happening since May and, um, and it's just one of those things that you'll slowly start seeing it affect you um, in certain ways. You've already seen, we've already seen late night television shows take a hit. Uh, yeah, is that why Colbert to- isn't? On any at the moment because I usually uh-huh, watch his uh-huh. YouTube stuff because all the writers are striking. All the writers are striking. All the staffers are not working. Um, there are certain things like talk shows, soap operas, etc., uh, that are struggling because of the writers' strike. That massive um, production that was going to happen in Melbourne, Metropolis, got canned. Yeah, that's right. And so now. What, what is interesting about this particular situation is that the writers are still continuing to strike and it doesn't look like there's a lot of change going on here. So the, the people that they're arguing with, which is like a lot of the streaming services and stuff, aren't, isn't it? They're the right. reason why they're doing it mm. is because uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers rejected the propositions of uh, greater residuals for p- 
shows and productions that are being on streamers, essentially. Yeah, which is the moolah that flows through the more it gets watched and rewatched and rewatched. Exactly. And now the actors are looking at oh. getting on board. The actors joining the writers on strike. Yes. So uh, it was supposed to happen on June 30th, but they've extended the negotiation period. Another, uh, it'll be almost another week now, but it is looking like they will not be able to find an agreement. And so the actors may be on strike alongside the writers for the first time since 1960. Now in 1960, Alex Dyson. What happens? The actors and the writers striked because. Together. Yep, together for the for the first time because suddenly the invention of television had changed the ways <gasps> that things were being broadcast. So actors and writers were saying, well, hey, you can't just take a movie that we made for the cinema and then put it on television and, and not we, pay us any more money. And we get nothing for it. You're using our likeness on this small screen now. Exactly. And you're doing it basically for free because you've already filmed it for this other thing that we signed a contract for. Exactly. So that's what's happening now. There were strikes in the uh, 2000s as well because it came down to residuals for television and radio ads. So it, it always comes down to this continual pay that people are expecting mm. for the continual use of the product that they are a part of and helped build. And that was things like pay TV, the internet. So whenever something new comes up, no one knows how to deal with it. And <laughs> of course... Certain sides are going to want to exploit their product as much as they can with mm. the new technology without having to pay for it. Yeah, so that's what's happened. Because, yeah, it's only like the last four or so years that all these other streaming services have popped up and there's more competition. There's not a monopoly. And now it's um, getting a little bit spicy. So what are they going to use instead of actors and writers? Well, at the same time, okay, more than a thousand actors, including the likes of Meryl Streep. Heard of her. Glenn Close. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, they signed a letter urging absolutely no compromise oh, in their asks from the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television mm. Producers. They reckon the compromise has been made in, in the ones that they've proposed already, and then that's we, it. We are seeing people on the picket line. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Fran Drescher is out there. Okay. Wow. Out on her fanny. Um, who is the president of the Screen Actors Guild? Fran Drescher is the president of the Screen Actors Guild? Yeah, I know. I, I didn't know that either. That is so good. <laughs> so it's all coming down. Now, what does this actually mean? Well, thankfully, for the most part, everything is already slowed down by the writer's strike. But what you might see is just more delays. So a lot of Marvel films, Disney films, things uh... like the Disney Moana all the Avatar sequels that had been put in the calendar have been pushed back. Untitled Star Wars film. Fran Fine, the nanny, won't be joining Hawkeye and Black Widow on the Avengers <laughs> anytime soon. No, and Captain America, Brave New World, pushed back. Thunderbolts, Blade, Avengers, pushed back. Now, there are some members in the guild who are part of reality TV, soap operas, talkback shows. They can work for a little bit longer because they work on a different agreement. But if that, if it still hasn't been fixed by then, then they might be bailing out as well. So ultimately what we are looking at seeing is not now things aren't going to affect you, but if, in a year's time, if there's some real pus on your screens, <laughs> it's because this train keeps on chewing. So I will keep you updated. Are we going to have to like make our own little TV show, get a camcorder as I did when I was younger and make our own little show, Matt. Do you know what? When it happened in 2000, it lasted six months mm. and that was just for commercial actors 
and their residuals on TV shows and radio. So the whole guild teamed up to protect these commercial actors. So this, this streaming situation is a lot bigger, in my opinion, than that. So who knows? Is the Australian TV uh, and film industry impacted by these strikes? Are we on different contracts? Do we have different guilds in this country? We are on different guilds. Uh, we can still work here, but there's a lot of people who are members of the Screen Actors Guild as well, or the, the Writers Guild as well. And say, for instance... Who sit below our Lord and Saviour, Fran Drescher. Say, for instance, I have got TV... You know, I, I'm developing TV shows all the time, mm -hmm. right? I was planning a trip on the, to the States, mm. and that is off the cards because... If I were to go over, yeah, I go, hey guys, I'm making a TV <laughs> show with this streaming service, and I'm like, what? That much? Nah, I'll do it for half the price. <laughs> the exchange rate alone makes this a great deal for me. Let's just say there wouldn't be any more shows written or featuring me anytime soon. Mm. No one wants to cross the picket line, and people are being very, 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 very cautious about it, no matter where they are in the world. So Australian shows will still be coming out, but nothing, no Australians will be working in America. People will be turning to other forms of entertainment, such as podcasting, and we welcome all the fans of Marvel and... Disney, DC. Disney and The Mandalorian for joining us here on All Day Breakfast. Welcome to have you here. This show is 100% scripted and you can tell it's by people who are only getting work as a result of all the good people striking. So yeah, we're happy to provide this service. All right, Matt O'Kine, I want to hit you with something. This could become a regular thing. I don't know Ooh. if you're inspired. Um, feel free to do it, but I want to hit you with a... Question of the day. My question for you, Matt, because I see it around. Sometimes you see it on clothing, mm -hmm. right? Maybe surf brands. They're very guilty of this. Um, maybe you see it on cafes, restaurants, okay? Shops up on the door above it. And that is EST dot, the abbreviation of established. Yeah. And then the year in which that particular piece of Clothing brand or shop began trading. Yeah. Am I correct in thinking this is to gain some sort of trust in that they've been doing this for a long time? Like I think one of the surf brands is like, you know, we're from Torquay in 1979 or something like that. Mm. Is that what they're doing with the telling everyone when they were established? I can only assume so. I mean, I don't know why they would want to show that they've only been around very shortly. Well, here is the question of the day. Because every now and again, you go past a cafe, established 2019. And I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> sure, but surely there's a period you need to wait until you can start trundling that out. <laughs> I've seen some in the 2020s. Like there's something <laughs> saying it's EST 2022. Like, hang on. Is it like, oh, we came up during COVID, so you should support us? I don't know. Why? Well, that's it. Maybe maybe they're saying, hey, we were here before COVID, mm. not as a result of COVID. Yeah. You know, or maybe we survived COVID. That, maybe that's <laughs> what they're saying. We survived. So my question is, how long do you have to have been established before it should really be appropriate to start putting it up on your t-shirts on your businesses. I reckon 10 years at least. 
So you could have established 2013, because to me, that still seems a little bit too new. <laughs> EST, 2013. Yeah, but okay. that's because you're old. <laughs> if you were 15 years old, you'd be like, whoa, these guys have been around since I was five. <laughs> they must know their shit. So you reckon 10 years? I mean, but it's also like, I mean, you know, and I mentioned this before as well. It's like, I, I get, you know, you see people getting interviewed on TV shows and it's like, mm. so-and-so has been a forensic scientist for eight years. And, you know, you think, <laughs> oh, wow, they must be a pro. Then I'm like, hold on. I was doing stand-up for eight years, didn't know anything still. <laughs> why, why am I listening to this forensic scientist? So you think the EST, they should have even more for um, experts on TV as well? Absolutely. I think, I don't think you know anything until you're 10 years in. Bron? How long do you have to go back to, to be able to do a, a reasonable EST established? Um, you can do whatever you want, but I won't respect you unless it's more than like maybe 15 years. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. 2008. Okay, then, that's, yeah. that's a while Think ago about now. This. Yep. If we did Matt and Alex establish 2014. EST 2014. Mm. Yeah. I mean, would that not at least deserve some respect? Sure. People would be quite surprised we haven't gone out of business since then. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> is what's going on. I reckon it's got to be in the 1900s. I think the EST needs to be way back. Oh, you're kidding. Pre-9-11. I think if you, <laughs> that's that's where it should be. Pre-2001. Yep. When the world changed. All right. Well, let us know. The question of the day. Um, if you have one for us, please message matt.and.alex. Question of the day. Did I tell you I almost brushed shoulders with Tom Cruise the other night? Oh, I went to the Melbourne premiere of that little film, Mission Impossible. They had a live feed. When you're sitting there, usually watch the trailers. It was actually a live feed from the Sydney premiere and Tom Cruise on his birthday getting rained on and just saying how much he loved Australia. Yeah, well, I was in the building. I was in that building. With the man. I was sort of with the man. I mean, I was doing stand-up at the New South Wales Teachers <laughs> Federation conference. <laughs> Um, well, that's the gig that brought you out of retirement. There was a few <laughs> less explosions in my room. Let's just say that. <laughs> yes. But Meadowkind getting laughs is referred to as Mission Impossible. <laughs> okay. Okay. But everyone, as I was walking in, someone's like, hey, man, are you here for that Tom Cruise thing? And I was like, what? And he's like, Tom Cruise is in this building, man. <laughs> and then like just ran ahead. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And some of the band members that were on doing uh, doing the gig with me, mm -hmm. they said, oh, I just saw him. I saw him. He was about a foot away from me. Yeah, damn. Quite, quite mind-blowing to see him in real life. But also, gripping Australia is Barbie fever. We've seen Margot Robbie. Oh, man, isn't it? Margot's been wearing all the throwback to classic Barbie uniforms as well on the press too. I've been, I don't get around fashion too much, but Margot's been on fire with this. Yeah, look, it's been a hell of a uh, global tour. Apparently, um, there's uh, suggestions that the Barbie movie caused a pink paint shortage. Really? Okay, um, that's what some people are suggesting. But look, this it's got nothing to do. And also, by the way, people are saying it's not just because of the movie that there was paint, paint shortages. There's supply chain issues as well, <laughs> which is making things quite difficult. Um, yeah. Here's some facts about Barbie, <laughs> though, that I thought were quite, were quite interesting. Okay, Barbie was actually inspired by an R-rated German doll called Lily. What? According to BuzzFeed.com. Build Lily. 
was a doll based from a German comic strip. And mm. uh, she was kind of like a provocative, gold-digging, <laughs> saucy lass oh, no. who would, like, say, you know, naughty things in the comic strips. And so this doll was made that was first given to, like, adult men as a bit of a joke, apparently. And then it became quite popular. And then it became popular with young consumers. Mm. And suddenly these Beard Lily dolls were all over the place. And when the creator of Barbie, Ruth Handler, saw the doll, she was like, that's what I want. That's the doll that I need to make Barbie. And so Ruth made a Barbie doll that looked exactly like Lily. Now, here's the thing that I find interesting. Did the makers of Lily sue? No, they got bought out. Oh, so Barbie took off. So they quickly bought them. So they couldn't. Barbie <laughs> launched on 9th of March, 1959. After the toy became a success, Mattel acquired the rights for the build Lily and production on the doll came to an end. <laughs> <laughs> there it will be oh, no more. Sorry, Lily. <laughs> sorry. You had a good run. <laughs> now here's the thing. Here's the thing that I found interesting in 1971 was the big major change that was made to Barbie. And that was. Her eyes mm-hmm. were changed to face forward. From which direction were they previously facing? She had previously, and this is described by BuzzFeed.com, f- had them fixed in a demure sideways glance. <laughs> Isn't that weird? She's looking like down to the right in every Barbie doll until 1971. She's can, looking downwards and to the right. I can just imagine some old person on Antiques Roadshow coming out and looking at an old Barbie. Now, this is the one you want. It's the old one with the demure, right-facing Sideways painted eyes. Glance. Yeah. And also, in 2000, Barbie received a belly button for the first time. So there you go. Oh, you don't find that mind-blowing? Mind blown. Blown away. It was all right. Some good Barbie facts. I thought yeah. you, when you were mentioning the original movie, I thought you were going to talk about Scientology for a bit. Oh, Mission Impossible. Oh, no. I mean, no, you know, I don't. Well, no. I, I know better to, the, to <laughs> say anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like, I like my life just the way it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> don't need any mysterious accidents happening to me. No, sirree. All right. I think you've already said too much. Bah? <laughs> Uh, just, just between you listening here, just keep this secret between us. All right. Just... I don't want to talk about anything. Now, can we just move <laughs> on? I'm just saying, we're, we're not going to publish a video of this section of the podcast, are we? Could get, could uh... go anywhere. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'd have any Scientologist listeners. And if we do, we haven't said anything. So, so just. Oh, I, I look, you do you. All right. I'm just here telling some facts. I'm just saying, that's what I thought you were going to talk about because it's, you know. The, the truth behind what happened to this earth and how we arrived here is quite mind-blowing. Um, let's move on to a listener. Uh, a listener mind-blown, which we love getting from you. Uh, send it through, Alex. I'm not saying anything anymore. I'm out. I'm, out. I'm done. This I am done for this segment. Why have you stopped saying we We haven't said anything to start Just with? Just tell us what the mind-blowing fact was. That the, oh, it's from the, Jess. It's about reindeer. Hey, Matt and Alex, it's Jess from Bendigo. I have a mind-blowing fact for you. Well, at least it was to me. I was watching David Attenborough the other night and um, they had some kambu on there and I had no idea what that was. 
and it turns out that they're reindeer. Now, that's not the mind-blowing fact, but I found out that Kambu are actually the term for reindeer, like that's what they're called, but they're called reindeer when they're domesticated. So they're Kambu in the wild and reindeer when they're domesticated. Mind blown. So they're the same thing. So reindeer technically don't exist. It's like calling a cat. <laughs> it's like a dog and a wolf. If a but dog wait, was did, wild. Was just 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 keep saying Kambu? What was the, how do you spell the C A R I B O U? Even caribou. Mm. That's what I thought it was, but she kept saying Kambu, right? Yes. I so caribou or reindeer. Yes. I know Caribou. There's a great musician named Caribou. I know, but but why was just saying Caribou? Maybe when it's spelt out, it's C A R I, and maybe the R and the I came together and became an M. Could you hear? Oh, <laughs> maybe Caribou. <laughs> Did were you hearing Caribou just then? Can we hear that again? I want to hear that one more time, please. They had some Caribou. Yeah, Caribou. Cambu, she's definitely saying Cambu, hey. Is there a thing called a Cambu or is or is it definitely caribou? Everything I'm seeing is caribou. Hmm. Now I'm tripping out. I don't know whether whether I'm am I the am I in the wrong? No, I'm seeing caribou. All right. Well there Anyways. you go. It, either way, very mind blowing, and it's good to discern because Cambu shouldn't be uh, confused with Xenu, who did come to <laughs> Earth many years ago. And um, thank you very much oh, for sorry. joining us here on another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We've run out of time. Oh, mamma mia. <laughs> I hope we're here tomorrow. Sincerely. We didn't say anything. Mine, <laughs> you can keep in touch with us at Matt.and.alex on Instagram. And even if we did, Bron would cut it out, wouldn't you, Bron? I don't, I don't even know what I'm cutting. There's nothing. Even Bron Doizak, who works at Matt and Alex <laughs> no, no, All no. Day Breakfast. <laughs> no. Partner's okay, name's well, Steve. You <laughs> can, you do whatever you need to do. You, you say what you want. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You're getting us all in trouble. But Tom's never going to come on the show. Mate, this is why the project gets Tom and we don't. We haven't said anything. <laughs> I just said, I thought you were going to give me some facts about Scientology in the mind-blowing segment. Oh and Lord. then you just freaked out. Yeah, I just, I'm not going to delve into anything. It's off. Okay, this is it. It's the end of the episode. All right. Catch you later. (laughs) That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.